to convict, to condemn. The distinction between those two verbs is very real, but not very well understood, which accounts, at least in part, for the common misinterpretation of this gospel story we just heard, the story of the woman who was caught in the act of committing adultery. It's the misinterpretation that leads some people to believe that Jesus condoned this woman's sin. And this is not a new error. According to Monsignor James Turo, a retired New Testament professor, this misinterpretation was around in the very earliest days of Christianity. Monsignor Turo once wrote the following. He said, fear that this account of the woman taken in adultery might seem to encourage a laissez-faire attitude towards sin, or worse yet, might seem to approve of adultery, prompted some early copyists of the Bible to expunge the narrative from the text. They simply refused to copy it. Apparently some monks were so concerned that people would misinterpret what Jesus said and did here, that they decided to skip over the story completely when they were copying the Gospel of John. That's why this narrative is missing from some early manuscripts of the fourth Gospel. The misinterpretation stems from the fact that Jesus refuses to condemn the woman. After the scribes and Pharisees drift away, probably because Jesus was writing their sins in the sand, after that happens, the Lord stands up and says to the woman, Has no one condemned you? She replies, No one, sir. To which Jesus responds, Neither do I condemn you. But he still does convict her. And that's the essential point that's very often overlooked. He convicts her by, of her sin by what he says in the very next line of the text. And she doesn't argue the point. She doesn't argue in any way. Immediately after our Lord says to her, neither do I condemn you, he adds the instruction, go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. He calls her action a sin, not a mistake, not a foible, not a weakness. He labels the deed a sin and commands her not to do it again. This leads, I think, to the obvious question, what exactly is the difference between convicting and condemning. Well, simply put, to convict is to identify or expose a certain sin. To condemn is to say or imply that somebody is damned. During his earthly life, Jesus often did the first of those things, but he never ever did the second, as we can see in this Gospel. But Jesus is God, which means on the Day of Judgment, he will do that second thing. He will condemn, or to be a little more accurate, he will ratify the fact that certain people have condemned themselves. And in case you haven't figured it out yet, you are not God, and neither am I. I'm sure you're very thankful for that. Consequently, because we are imperfect, fallible human beings, we never have the right to condemn. Only God is qualified to do that because only God knows the heart. Only God knows how culpable a certain person is for the sins they commit. We don't, even if we might think we do. A woman with this mindset went to Father John Vianney one day for confession. Father John Vianney is a saint here in our sanctuary. And she said to, the months, to Father Vianney, My husband was unfaithful, wicked, and unjust. He's been that way for years. 
He'd just fallen off a bridge and was drowned. A double death of body and soul. Father Vianney answered her by saying, Madam, there is a very short distance between the bridge and the water, but it's that distance that forbids you to judge. Biblically speaking, to judge means to condemn. We Christians need to be clear about that. It has nothing to do with calling sin, sin. That's another common misunderstanding. Many Christians today are very afraid of pointing out sin because they don't want to be accused of judging. Remember what happened during the Lewinsky scandal, scandal in the late 1990s? Some of us are old enough to remember that. Christians said the president broke the Sixth Commandment. The president's defenders immediately retorted, who are you to judge? Remember, Jesus said, judge not lest ye be judged. You see, that's not judging. It's merely pointing out a fact. He broke the Sixth Commandment. How culpable, how culpable he was in God's eyes for that sin is something nobody knows except God himself. He might have been fully culpable. He might not have been. But that doesn't change the fact that his action was objectively sinful and should be designated as such. Remember, the same Jesus who has said, Judge not, also said, If your brother should commit some sin against you, go out and point out his fault. Similarly, in Galatians 6, St. Paul said, If someone is detected in sin, you who live by the Spirit should gently set him right. In Colossians 3, Paul says, Admonish one another. Thus, according to Jesus and St. Paul, the experience of being convicted of sin is not a bad thing. And they indicate that this can happen through other human beings. God can work through us to convict somebody else, and he can use somebody else to convict us of our sin. A far less pleasant experience, to be sure. And this is something we should expect to happen whenever God's word is preached with power and clarity and conviction. We should expect to be challenged. You should expect to be convicted, at least from time to time. One good Friday afternoon after Bishop Fulton Sheen had preached on the seven last words of Christ at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City, a woman came into the sacristy and she began to curse the bishop violently. Finally stopped her and said, why did you come to this cathedral today? She answered, to steal purses. Bishop said, did you get any? The woman replied, no, that second word of yours got me, the word of Christ to the good thief on the cross. She had been convicted by God through the preaching of Bishop Sheen of her sin of thievery. And that moment of conviction, as difficult and unpleasant as it was for her, proved to be the first step in her eventual conversion to the faith. None of us enjoys being convicted. Our initial tendency is to get angry like that woman did. But think about it, my brothers and sisters, getting convicted now is much better than being condemned on the day of judgment. Condemnation is final, because it always sends a person to hell. But every conviction can be overturned by an attitude of sincere repentance and by a good confession. This means that the experience of being convicted can actually lead us to heaven if we convert our hearts after being convicted of the sin. 
So as crazy as it may sound to you, to all of us, we should pray, all pray, to be convicted. In fact, let our prayer at this Mass be, Dear Lord, convict me and convert me so that I will never be condemned.